Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Anne, and usually you hear, and I'm Kendra, but she is out today. She is actually, at the time of this recording, at the hospital with her brand new um, sweet baby girl. So be in prayer for Eric and Kendra as they start this journey of mama and daddy. And um, I just know Kendra and Eric are thankful for you guys that have been listening, that have been um, committed in prayer for them as they have prayed for this baby for a few years now, so um, we just want to give praise to God for this sweet new life. Y'all know that you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can also email us at Hannah's Heart, that's Hannah with two H's, Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. We get prayer requests there, and we also have gotten show suggestions, which I love. So y'all think of topics that we might not have thought of, so keep those coming. Um, So today, it's just me as a host, but I have a sweet lady that I have known long, long time um, that I went to church with growing up. She's in studio today, and so she is going to share her story. She's just so easy to love, and as you'll hear today and as you have conversation with her, you can see that the light of Christ just shines through her as you talk to her and as you get to know her. Um, She was inspiring to me. I remember as a little kid watching her and her husband go through some hard times, and I remember looking up to them even then because she continued to use her beautiful voice singing on stage and just still giving God all the praise and glory as she and her husband were going through some really hard times. So, Miss Lachey, welcome to the show. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited too. (laughs) It's an honor to be here. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's an honor to have you. It really, like, as I was getting the outline for today's show ready, and even as I'm sitting here now, it's taking me back to so many memories as a little girl um, getting to know you and your hubby. So I'm excited for our listeners to get to know y'all today. Do you mind just telling us about you you and your hubby and where y'all are in life right now? Not at all. It's crazy to think our story with infertility and miscarriage was 19 years ago when it started so time has flown by Um, but my husband and I have been married um, next year will be 20 years in March and we currently live in Red Bay Alabama okay so not far from Tupelo not far and we're still very active at our church here in Tupelo and we have two teenagers a 16 year old (laughs) son and a 14 year old daughter so life is crazier than it's ever been chasing after them and dealing with just raising teens so that's a lot of fun that's a whole nother a whole nother struggle but a blessing to teenagers um well that's so neat it's crazy because I used to keep your kids in nursery did (laughs) so and I think you helped with Awana when I was in Awana Uh (laughs) Um, so thinking of your kids being teenagers is just (laughs) crazy to me because I still picture Darby and her hair bows yep it flies by so fast it does it does well thank you for being on 
the show. Um, if you're good with it, we'll just go ahead and get into y'all's story a little bit. As you mentioned, it was 19 years ago that when, when you say it was 19 years ago, was that when you found out things? What does that mean? So Dickie and I met in 2002 and started dating and we got married in 2003 and we, it was fast, (laughs) but it's kind of funny. I think part of my struggle is a lot in my personality. Like I've always been a planner even from the time like in high school, like I make lists and you get a dream in your heart Uh and you go for that dream. And God had been really, really good to work out all of those desires, really. Um, I wanted to graduate with honors and go to Northeast Community College on a band scholarship. He worked all of that out. Um, I wanted to go to Mississippi State and major in speech and theater. He worked all of that out. For some reason, with me being from Alabama, I chose Tupelo as the place I wanted to live Okay, um, because it was an hour from my family, and I wanted a teaching job um, here, and God opened that door, worked it out exactly like I had it (laughs) planned. So I moved to Tupelo in 2000, and I'd always said that age 24 sounded like a really good age to get married. I don't know why I picked that (laughs) number, but Dickie and I met when I was about to turn 24 a few months before and then we got married right before I turned 25 so everything like I had never had this huge struggle like everything had just kind of worked out and fell into place the way that I had it planned so I think that's one reason that made the struggle so difficult when it happened yeah because I feel like whether you're a planner or not we all as women as little girls even picture us with our babies, you know, Mm -hmm. one day and you're already, I know speaking for me and for a lot of my friends, you already have baby names picked out, you know, like that, that baby doll had a name back, you know, even when you're little. And so when we get to the point of, okay, now we're really wanting that baby Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen, it's very shocking and just, you have to almost let yourself grieve that life that you've always pictured for yourself. So you got married when you were 24, like you had planned. Yes, so that was in March, and Dickie's a little older than me, so we knew that we wanted to have children pretty soon, didn't realize that, it would. we didn't know how long it was going to take, right. and so by November, we found out that we were pregnant, oh, and wow. so okay. totally excited. I was teaching in Tupelo at the time, but I had taken off for a year because I always knew I wanted my master's degree. And again, God had worked that out. I got a graduate assistantship at Mississippi State and was able to take a year off from teaching, work in the graduate office down there. So, like, the timing was perfect. Wow. Because the due date was in August. I would finish Mm -hmm. my master's in May. And then, I mean, my plan had always been to be a stay-at-home mom and have children. And I was so excited about all the timing because, like, I was going to finish my master's, and I'd be at home ready for the baby in August. And, I mean, life was perfect. Yeah. And so never dreamed that it was not going to work out the way that we had it planned. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we told, we were really excited, and that November we knew before Thanksgiving. And so around Christmas we had told most of our family and friends and started announcing it more to church Folks, we were going to a Sunday school class that was filled with married couples, and they were all um, beginning families, and it was like every week somebody was, seriously, they were announcing, (laughs) you know, pregnancies, and so um, we were excited about sharing it there. Um, Christmas was really special that year because it was our first Christmas as a married couple, 
and we had thought it would be our first, you know, our only Christmas without mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. So that was a sweet time. And then I went back to grad school in January for my last semester. And I'll never forget in mid-January, um, part of my job, I had to walk across campus and check the mail. And so I walked across campus and I didn't really feel funny, but um, I had started spotting blood and was kind of, you know, a little concerned because, I mean, I'd never, ever had any doubts that right. this was going to work, right. you know, that I mean, it, was just, gonna, it was just going to happen. Right. So I had planned, I had a doctor's appointment that week, was actually going to be my first um, doctor's appointment, and um, I called them, they said, oh, it's probably no big deal, Um, you just need to come in for your appointment on Friday. We go in that Friday, and I was nearing, I was right at the end of my first trimester, Um, it was like 12 weeks. And we go in, and the doctor tried to find a heartbeat in the office and ended up sending us over for a sonogram and kept telling us, reassuring, you know, it's probably okay. This Mm. happens all the time. And I'll never forget, the technician did the sonogram. She didn't say hardly anything. Mm. And still, though, like, I'm very hopeful. And we go back to sit in the office for the doctor to come in, and he tells us, that I have already miscarried and that I need to schedule a DNC procedure for that Monday morning. Wow. And you don't, I mean, you just, when you, you're hit with that and your plans, like, every, I'm like, what do we do? Right. And so Dickie and I, I'll never forget, we went home, we lived in Pontotoc at the time, and we just went home and just sat on the bed and cried for the longest. Mm. I mean, you just, you don't know how to process it takes no. that. I mean, that weekend was horrible. Yeah. yeah. But I'll never forget, God put the hymn in my mind over and over, um, leaning on the everlasting arms. There was a verse that came back because we'd sang this, you know, as a in church uh-huh. all my life. But um, what have I to fear? What have I to dread? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. I remember just singing that silently in my head over and over and over all that weekend and um, that Monday when we went in for the DNC. But it was really hard sharing the story, you know, with your family and friends after, you know, when you've got such a disappointment. And I'll never forget going back to that Sunday school class for the first time after I'd gotten up the courage, you know, to go back. And um, someone shared about their healthy pregnancy that Mm -hmm. morning that we went back. And I'll just tell you, I didn't, part of my journey through this, I did not trust God um, as well as I should have um, through all of that struggle. Um, I dealt with a lot of bitterness and anger um, because for once I had hit a problem I couldn't fix. Mm. Like I had Mm -hmm. no control over yeah. this at all um, because I'm a, I'm a fixer like I plan it out I do it right. and, and I, if I write it down it's exactly. gonna happen <laughs> right yeah. yeah and I had no control in this situation so I think for me one of the ways I handled it I realized if I could just stay busy mm. I wouldn't have to think about it a whole yeah. lot so I poured myself into finishing graduate school um, in the midst of all of that, Dickie and I bought a new house in Saltillo, and so we moved, and there's, you know, everything going on with that and t- turning that house into a home and getting it set up. So busyness, that was right. just kind of how I dealt with it. Just distracts you. That summer, um, I was supposed to go on a mission trip with our church to Trinidad and Tobago, and a few weeks before we were supposed to leave, 
I got a little suspicious, and I didn't say anything to Dickie, but he went to work one morning, and I went and bought a pregnancy <laughs> test and came home and super excited but incredibly terrified mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to see a positive mm-hmm. pregnancy test that day. I remember I spent like the entire rest of the day crying and praying like, God, it's got to work out this time. Please, you know, let it work out the way it's supposed to. So I I wanted it to make it special for Dickie. And so I remember taking index cards and I created this little trail through the house from the door (laughs) with these little messages and all this stuff for him to figure it out. But um, (laughs) like me, when he gets home that afternoon, we're both, I mean, we're super excited, but we're terrified of what's going to happen. So I canceled my plans to go on the mission trip, and I made a doctor's appointment Uh instead. uh And so at seven weeks this time, we went in for our first doctor's visit, and after doing blood work, not finding a heartbeat, they told me that once again, our pregnancy was going to end in miscarriage. And I didn't get to go on that mission trip. It was a few days before they were supposed to leave when we found out about the miscarriage. So here I'm stuck at home again. Mm-hmm. Plans have been completely changed. And I and I was angry, like so angry. Like, God, why right. are you letting all of this stuff happen? Well, especially as I, I know I was not in your same Sunday school class, obviously, but I know that exact mm-hmm. experience of people. It's so exciting. Yeah. And you're sitting there, this good Christian woman that's supposed to be celebrating with your friends and then on the inside you want to oh. just die, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just that's it's so hard. So hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially that fall, um, I went back to teaching. At that point, I was finished with my master's, but it got harder and harder mm. to feel that ache. I could stay busy during the daytime. Right. And I would keep my hands, like, you know, like I was constantly doing something, but there was nothing at nighttime to keep me preoccupied, especially like once Dickie, we went to bed and he was asleep. Like I would just sit there and all these thoughts would pour through my head. And I struggled so much during those hours. Um, We were in this new house and there were two bedrooms across on the other side of the house. And one of those rooms we had picked that if Mm -hmm. we ever got to have a baby, that that was going to be our nursery. So I started getting up many nights after Dickie went to sleep, and I would go over to the other side of the house, and I would sit in the floor of that empty bedroom and cry night after night. Um, There was a big oak tree in our front yard, and we had a big double window, so I would open the blinds, and I could see that oak tree in the middle of the night in the shadow of the street light. And I would sit and beg God over and over, please give us a baby. Mm. There was nothing that I wanted more than that at that moment. And like you said, I mean, those next eight months were miserable. Yeah. I can't tell you like how many times they would announce healthy (laughs) pregnancies (laughs) in Sunday school. Almost every single one of my college friends, my closest friends would call me and tell me that they were going to have a baby and that they were due at such and such time. Um, and like you said, you put a smile on and mm-hmm. you're happy, mm-hmm. but you're dying mm-hmm. on the inside, yeah. just crushed. Yeah. And so, so often, like even little trips, like going to Walmart, and it's like every time uh-huh. I turn the corner, you see a buggy loaded with diapers. Right, and it's a right. reminder. A baby belly, mm-hmm. the baby exactly. clothes. Yep. And yep. so I would come home and just sob. Yeah. And I think Dickie really... 
he had no idea what to do with I mean I cried all the time like, <laughs> like what do I do with her <laughs> this is not what I signed up for right <laughs> so that was it was hard for him um too that's a I just, lot for your first year of marriage it too. is because mm-hmm. your first year not that it's I'm not saying everybody's first year is hard but oh, you're yeah. still getting to know right. each other it's and how to live with each other right mm-hmm. so in March of that next year, um, Dickie and I found out that we were expecting again. And at this point, we had we had changed doctors, so we were very, very hopeful. Um, I don't mean to be harsh or anything, but our first doctor, I'm not sure that he knew how to handle, you know, and like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, I don't know that he had dealt with our story or similar stories as much. I didn't feel that way. And so we had changed doctors, so we were extremely hopeful. And we go in one more time, and I was pregnant. At, found out that I was pregnant, and so at five weeks this time, we were told that it was not going to work out either. And wow. our hopes were dashed again. So this is three miscarriages. I mean, at this point, I had very little hope that we were would ever. that we would ever have a child. Is this all within a year, or a little over a year? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot on your body anyway mm-hmm. because you're still going through a pregnancy well, it's like, then, well actually I'm, it was more than a year so this march would have been two years after okay, we were married okay. so it's yeah. still a lot oh yeah still a lot. um i took a few days off from teaching yeah. to grieve and not many people especially at school knew about our struggle um and i'll never forget the day that i went back to school to pick up life and, you know, go mm-hmm. back to normal. The guidance counselor from our school came to talk to me that morning. She had no clue about our story. Like, um, it was a pretty big school, and I didn't talk to her a whole lot. Um, but she came in to tell me that morning that I had a seventh grader who what, had been out for a while. And this little girl was coming back to school, and she wanted to let me know that she was pregnant and that she was dealing with morning sickness and that I would have to make some accommodations in my classroom um, to deal with that because state tests were coming up. Wow. I cannot describe the anger uh-huh. and just hurt. Um, I remember I had fourth period planning. And so trying to teach that morning and get through those four classes or the morning classes. And so when fourth period came, I just laid on my desk and sobbed, like, God, why? Right. This almost feels like a mean joke. Yeah. Like, why are you, like, I want, you know, I want a baby so bad. Right. And I've had loss after loss, and yet here's this little seventh grader that is expecting Mm -hmm. a healthy child. Mm -hmm. So I was, and I was so bitter. Um, I spent hours at that point on the floor in that empty bedroom at our house praying and praying and praying I struggled with my faith I struggled um, to be grateful for all that God mm-hmm. had given mm-hmm. um, and I asked all kinds of questions in anger you know there's something I read not too long ago that um, it was an Elizabeth Elliot quote God didn't promise that he's going to solve all our problems He didn't promise that he's going to answer all of our questions, but he does promise that he's going to walk with us Mm -hmm. through every step. And I look back because I can see that God was getting me to a point that I would completely trust him. Over the course of that next month, um, God started changing something in my heart. 
And I will never forget in April of that year, it was mid-April, and I once again went back and was lying on the empty bedroom floor in the room that I wanted to be our nursery. The wind was blowing, and I'll never forget looking out the window and watching that oak tree, the leaves Mm -hmm. blowing in the night. And something about my prayer changed because I was to a point I knew there was nothing that I was going to be able to do mm-hmm. um, to change anything about this. And I could be angry at God, and I could be bitter. Yeah. That was not fixing that was, anything. That's right. That's and right. so I remember praying that night and telling God, God, you have given me a desire to be a mother, but I want you more than I want that desire. Mm-hmm. And if you never give me a baby, then I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah. Because your plan has to be better than my plan. So help me, God, to trust you and what you've got planned. Wow. I cannot oh, describe man. the peace. Mm-hmm. Just like all of the struggle, just he completely, con- I mean, just the sweetest fellowship with him. Yeah. Um, just lying there on that, that empty bedroom floor. <laughs> right, that you um, still want to put a baby exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but my perspective, I think, yeah. really changed. And I think, I look back, God took me through that to get me, mm. I think, to mm-hmm. that point. And that's mm-hmm. not true for everyone, but I know that in my heart, I needed that struggle. Um, Dickie and I both have birthdays in June. And right before June of that year, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was sick. I've never been so excited about being sick <laughs> in my life. Um, I just felt nauseated, and I was, like, very hopeful. We didn't know that we were preg- I was pregnant at all. Um, but we got a really extra special birthday gift that year. Um, we got to hear the healthy heartbeat oh, of our first child. Lord. So just so much excitement and um, thankfulness that God took us through that. So, of course, you're still nervous or apprehensive about every Uh little thing. But we were able to give birth to a healthy baby boy that next February in 2006. And two years, well, actually the next year, 2007 in November, they're about 22 months apart. We had a healthy baby girl. Sweet Darby. Beautiful (laughs) babies, too. I I feel even... At my age, I don't know how old I was at the time. I can't. I don't know how to do that math that fast. <laughs> but I remember the whole church celebrating, or at least that's what it felt like to mm-hmm. me. I don't know if it's because my mom had made a big deal or what, but I know my mom prayed for you. Oh. She would mention, like, we homeschooled, and we would pray for you oh. in the mornings when we did devotion that morning. And so that's mm-hmm. the only way I remember hearing, like, I didn't know what infertility was or really, but my mom prayed for you and so um anyway I just remember being super excited about your pregnancy even then um for your sweet baby boy and I mean really like obviously I was younger then but like y'all seemed to just still love each other so much through that hard time you and Mr. Dickey and then the way you would still lead children's ministry and Y'all, y'all need to hear her voice because it's beautiful. I should have asked you to come on here and sing. That's oh. what I should have done. But it's so beautiful. And you still lifting up the praise of the Lord like you did. Even 
you could have been even struggling as you're about to walk out on the stage, you know, like, dear God, help me to actually mean what I'm about to sing. Um, but you still chose to do that. And so I just want you to know, even then, I would think about you through our infertility journey and our miscarriages because y'all set an example even for me then when I had no idea that that was going to be part of my story as well so um I just wanted you to you to know that and so um we have just a little bit of time left on the show today would you mind praying for anyone listening to this program today that um would be struggling with miscarriages or getting to. pregnant or even just some another desire that could be on their heart that they don't feel like they're getting just yet. I'd love to. Dear God, I thank you so much for how you work. God, you're faithful. We can trust you with every single detail of our story, no matter what it is, no matter what our struggle is that we're going through, no matter what those desires are that you place upon our heart. God, I pray that you would especially work in those ladies and their hearts, those who want so much to have a child and their arms are empty. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with you. Lord, if anything I've learned that children do not fulfill us, Mm. husbands do not fulfill us, your dream house, your dream job, nothing fulfills us but you. Mm -hmm. And I pray, Lord, that those ladies would see how good you are and that they would learn to love you with everything in their being. Lord, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for loving us the way you do, and thank you for writing stories that are so far better than we can imagine. We praise you for who you are. Amen. Amen. I told you guys y'all are going to love her. She's so, so sweet and so genuine. And so just... uh, As you're walking through these journeys, please share this show with someone. If you're not personally struggling with infertility, share this show, share this story, and come back next week for more. Thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart.